So I have, a, I have just something to ask you. And we're going to talk about this line of thought throughout today. But it's this. Have you ever received really good news? Have you ever received or given really good news? And I mean, not just good news, but really, really good news. And maybe this news scared you at first. Maybe it frightened you. But then soon enough, it turned into joy, which came to the surface. It turned into happiness. I was thinking about this topic the other day as I was wrapping up my sermon and trying to think how to introduce this topic. And my mind just flooded with these thoughts, these memories of good news, of happiness, of joy. I remember some memories, and I'm going to share a couple with you. I won't share too many because I want to get to God's word. But I'm going to share a couple of these, and I, I just hope that it helps all of you to think as I'm going about some good news that you've been given or some good news that you've given to somebody else at some time. So here's one. I remember seeing my wife as my beautiful bride walking into the room at our wedding. I remember my eyes swelling up with tears, and, and I just had one thought which came to my mind as I looked back through that door and saw her enter in her wedding gown. I remember just see, thinking that one word of, wow. Wow, I am blessed. Think about good news entering your life. That right there was good news entering about how I was blessed. I was filled with happiness. But as my mind flooded with these memories of our friendship, our dating, and the proposal, it, it took on a whole new level of happiness, a whole new level of joy which came to the surface. Sometimes good news can also be frightening, though. And sometimes you receive it, and sometimes you give it. Let me give you another example of good news. And I can't share all the examples of good news in my life, so I, I apologize if it's only one example and not three. But I remember an example from my family and from this theme of marriage of getting the news, the good news that my wife was pregnant and we were going to have a baby. I remember being so excited for this news, but at the same time kind of frightened at a, as a husband and going to be a new dad as you think about how much your life is going to change. But I remember this good news. I remember wanting to proclaim it to so many people. I want I just remember wanting to tell everybody I knew. Now, I can't remember the exact, the exact way that this happened, but I do remember one thing. I remember wanting to go to my parents and tell my parents this good news. And if you know me well enough, just like I'm doing now, I like to try and set up the news, right? We've got to set up the story. We've got to plan it out. We've got to think about it. We've got to make it seem big, right? So, of course, I called my mom and dad. Tell them, Mom, Dad, I have really big news, and I'm scared. <laughs> And we need to talk. Now, again, I don't remember the exact way I told him, but I'm sure it was something like that, knowing me. So we get together with him, and I kind of pause, and I, I slow down, and, well, I, I, I need to find the words. I don't know how you tell you this. And I wouldn't give her the info over the phone, and now I'm in person. I'm still not really giving their inf them the info very fast. And then finally, I give her the information. Mom and Dad, Christy's pregnant, and you're going to be grandmas and grandpas, and of course, we're the first ones, the first kids to have a baby. So my mom, when she received this news, she started jumping. I mean, literally. I, I remember the scene in my head as we're telling him this news, and she's like jumping for joy. She is just so excited that she cannot contain this emotion that she has. 
this happiness. Just brought up this joy out of her that she just was sharing for the whole room. I'd say the whole world, but it was just Christy and I and my dad. But I will never forget that. So there's a couple memories for you of good news. But like I said, good news can also be frightening. Sometimes good news can bring about some other emotions and it can bring about some other fears. Sometimes in order to celebrate and get past these fears, we must first prepare your heart. You need to prepare your heart. We'll go and focus on joy today, but before we do, I want to acknowledge that I know that some of you may be struggling at this time of year. For some of you, Christmas is not easy. For some of you, Christmas is hard. For some of you, you have to be purposed to prepare your heart so that you can really focus on the reason for the season and so that you can receive the king. I've heard from some people over the years and even this year that they're not celebrating Christmas. It's just too hard for them. Or I've heard from some people that they will celebrate, but it's very different this year as they stand back and they feel like everything's moving in slow motion and they're just seeing things in a different light. It's hard. Maybe it's because of the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's because of financial struggles. Just this week, I've heard of two loved ones from our life who have lost a loved one in their life. And we praise God because they knew Christ as their Savior. But it's still going to be a hard time of year. It's going to be a hard Christmas. But this cannot take away your joy. For some people, just hearing Christmas music and Christmas carols on the radio is hard. But that cannot take away your joy. As Mona and Lee reminded us during the lighting of the candles here, our joy is not the same as happiness because happiness is based off emotions. Joy is a free gift we have from the Holy Spirit within us, the helper that we have because we believe in Jesus as our Savior and we, we've been given the Spirit within our life to help us every step of the way. We're not alone and we need to prepare our hearts to remember that we are not alone. Thousands of people can't wait for Christmas to be over. In fact, this week I heard about so many counseling centers actually increase their hours at the time of Christmas. A lot of us would think, oh, counseling centers are probably not even open at Christmas time because people are just so happy about the Christmas season. But no, they extend their hours because people are struggling. And you know what? We have a hope. We have a joy we have a love, we have a peace that so many of these people could benefit from hearing. So much. As one pastor said, it is precisely because of the many joy killers in our lives that we need to listen to the angel's message. Without the Savior, life is just too heavy. We need his closeness to help us make it through and to experience the joy he came to bring. We have to do as the shepherds did. The shepherds went to see the Savior, and they went to worship him. And that's what we need to do this Christmas. We need to first, before anything else, we need to go to the Savior. We need to go to his word, God's word, the Bible. We need to meditate on it. We need to focus on it. We need to go to God in prayer and really just focus on him. Not too long ago, we had a, a guest speaker in here, a missionary. Sunday and Grace, Grace Bronhot, and he did a, a special seminar during Sunday school hour on prayer. 
And he talked about the Acts model of prayer. And the A stands for adoring God. The C is confession. The T is thanksgiving. And the S is supplication. But so often we start with the very end and we ask for our needs when really we just need to adore God. And that's why I'm asking you to do this Christmas. I keep wanting to say there's Christmas season, but you know, it comes fast. Christmas is just in a couple days, guys. And how much have we really just stepped back, slowed down, and adored God? Adored God for what he's given us, the Messiah. Remember Isaiah 9-6, and allow it to help bring you joy and a reminder of the true reason for the season. Isaiah 9-6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Maybe you're struggling to find your joy. Maybe it's because of the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's because of financial struggles, addictions, or something else. Maybe it's just because you have memories of Christmas of a, as a kid, and you sometimes think, I wish I was a kid again. It seemed so much more fun at that time. No matter who you are, though, we do need to remember the joy that we have. The joy because of Christ. The joy of God made man. Emmanuel, God with us. Joy to the world. You know, the Lord is come. Jesus is the deity of God living in, in humanity. We call that incarnation. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Colossians 2.9 Jesus wasn't just another baby. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's so easy to just look at a manger scene and see this baby Jesus and say, Oh, he's so cute, the baby Jesus. But we forget that this baby Jesus is king. He is God with us. And he would grow up to sacrifice his life on the cross to give us life. That is a king. But do you know him just as a baby Jesus? Or do you know this baby Jesus as the king which brings you joy through being a savior of your life as well? When Christ was born, wise men came just to come and see Jesus and worship him. When Christ was born, real angels came down from heaven to announce his birth. When Christ was born, the biggest star in heaven lined up his way. And not only that, but the Bible says the star actually rested over the place where Jesus was. Jesus' birth was not just another birth. Jesus was not just another baby. He was so much more, and we need to remember this. But we should also remember the words that the angels say in Luke 2.10. Do not be afraid. Do not be, be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Let us focus on that today. I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 21. I know we've read this already, but I just really want to focus on the reason for the season this Christmas. I cannot go one week without reading the Christmas story. So please follow along with me as I read this. Luke 2, 1 through 21, speaking out of the English Standard Version. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed who was with child. 
And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as they had been told them. And at the end of the eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. I can't cover all of that scripture today, but we have covered all that scripture in some way or another over the past months. So I encourage you, if you missed a sermon, go to our YouTube channel or my podcast and check out the sermon so that you can get all that we've talked about. There's a lot there. But the angel here delivered good news to the shepherds, but it also frightened them. Think about that good news that I told you about that I've had in my life. Think about the good news that you've had in your life Think about maybe good news that you had which frightened you. Maybe it's news that you didn't even know was good at first. You just thought it was bad news. And then later on, it turned out to be one of the greatest blessings of your life. Maybe it's a friendship. I think of friendships, and so many friendships start out of bad news. Maybe it's a bad news guy, a bad news girl who's always talking about, about you behind your back or starting fights. And then as you work through these things... You're, you bond together, you grow together, and you become great friends. But that's only one example. I can't say what you're thinking, but there's many things which can frighten you, but then later on turn into good news. Can you imagine the news that the angels had? Can you imagine, can you just picture for a moment these, these shepherds, I'm sorry, these shepherds in the field watching their flock, and all of a sudden an angel appearing before them, and the glory of the Lord shining around them. And then them speaking to the shepherds. These lowly shepherds who nobody really paid attention to. Nobody really gave them the time of day. Nobody thought they were worthy. And yet God brought this good news to them. Good news to proclaim to the world. Can you imagine that for just a moment? You know, last week in our Christmas program, Jonathan Fossum did a great job of Speaking those words of the angel, you'll have to go back and watch it. He did a great job, but still, can you just imagine receiving good news like that? Can you imagine how frightened they'd be? Can you imagine as you'd probably fall to your knees and your face on the ground, 
covering your, your eyes because you're afraid. What am I seeing here? And then you hear the, those words of the angels. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. For I bring you good news of great joy. It was this good news that would give them good tidings of comfort and joy. They had to prepare their hearts for the king. To worship the king. They needed to celebrate the Messiah. And we too need to do this. We need to celebrate the Messiah. We need to prepare our hearts to go before him and worship him. We need to sing joy to the world. The Lord has come for all to hear. But we're going to talk about that in a moment because there's some misconceptions about this song. We must remember the reason for the season. So we are in the final week of this Christmas series, Sounds of the Season, Carols to Live By. And today I want to remind you to celebrate the Messiah and sing joy to the world. Let's slow down long enough to receive the good news of comfort and joy ourselves, but we must also focus on other people as we have this unique opportunity to hear so many Christmas carols on the radio, to hear so many people humming these songs, singing these songs, whistling these songs. Let's stop them and say, hey, do you know what that song means? I do. Let me tell you about it. That song tells us of the Messiah. That song tells us of a king born as a baby to live and die for you, for us to give us life, to give us hope. Celebrate the Messiah. Proclaim it for all to hear. But as we talk about the song, Joy to the World, I want you to see some things. First of all, let's just talk about the basics. Isaac Watts wrote the song, Joy to the World, in 1719. But initially it was a poem, and only later did it become put to music, as many of the hymns were. In fact, this song had several different uh, music put to it before they settled on the current music that goes along with the words. But this song also was never intended to be a Christmas song. This song, which is today known as probably one of the most well-known Christmas songs of our generation of the time, was never meant initially to be on a Christmas song. In fact, it wasn't even based off Matthew or Luke or the traditional Christmas scriptures, Christmas stories. And we sing it wrong. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Now, we actually sang it correctly today. Brian, kudos to you. Good job. But so much of the world, they sing it as, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. It's actually, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And it's based off Psalm 98. Isaac Watts wrote this song based off Psalm 98. Not a traditional Christmas scripture, but the research tells me that he was basing this song on end times when Jesus would come back for his people. <clears throat> when Jesus would come back to rule over his kingdom. My research found this. Watts was not describing a past event such as the birth of Jesus, but rather looking forward to a future event, the return of Jesus. The main point of Psalm 98, which Watts himself clearly understood by this song, was not about the first coming of Jesus, but rather about his second coming. And that's precisely what the song is about. It speaks of Jesus' final coming to earth when the Savior reigns. And when he rules the world with truth and grace. Watts longed for that glorious final day when nations will prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. 
The author above goes on to say, even though Watts may not have ever envisioned his song being sung at Christmas time, I think it is a wonderful tribute to his work. Indeed, the first advent of Jesus stands that it's a historical guarantee that his second advent, his second coming, is just around the corner. Indeed, the birth of Jesus and the return of Jesus are both good news of great joy that will be for all the people. We sang this song earlier today, and I want to just go over the lyrics some more. I want to talk about this some more. And whether it was initially intended for the second coming of Jesus for his people or to rule his kingdom with truth and grace, grace and truth, or whether it was for the past, the first birth of Christ, either way, it helps us to celebrate the Messiah. It helps us to celebrate Jesus. And that's what matters. But in order to celebrate Christmas and have the joy that Christ brings, we must first prepare your heart to receive the King. We need to prepare ourselves, especially if you struggle. Well, if you struggle, then we need to first prepare your heart to receive the King. As we sing joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Celebrate the Messiah. Rejoice, for the King has come. And with this baby, fullness of joy was born for all who would believe. Listen to this. Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4. If we delight in the Lord and in his, in his promises, we may gain the joy that we so desire. I say we may gain the joy. Because we need to first give our life to Christ. You're never truly going to find that joy without the Spirit in your life. And you're never truly going to have that Spirit in your life without Jesus. So receive the King. Prepare your heart to receive the King. The baby Jesus that the angels were proclaiming of would be the same Jesus to deliver us to life in a reunion with God. Jesus would be the final sacrificial lamb. Salvation is always the coming of God to man. You see, man never ascends to God to deliver God the good news. God always delivers the good news to us. By the way, no other religion is like this. Every other religion is about us having to do the good. Us having to be perfect. Us having to, to come to the God. This is the only religion in the world which is based upon the God humbling himself, sending his son as a baby... To die for us. In order for man to be accepted. In Christianity. In Christ. You have God humbling and coming to us. To take away our sins. So that those who believe and trust their lives in him. May worship God. And enjoy him forever with life. Jesus' birth was not Luke's final word about our joy though. Even in the midst of, very, of the very worst circumstances. Of awful persecution. We can depend on God. Luke 6, 22 to 23 says, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. Isn't that encouraging to hear that we can leap for joy? No matter what's going on in our life, the good times and the bad, we can rejoice and we can leap for joy. But through all of this re remains one thing. For joy, we need to have Jesus in our life. So receive the king. Prepare your heart to receive the king. And then number two, to have the joy Christ brings, you must allow Christ, allow Christ the Savior to reign over and in your life. 
All of these go together. They really go one step at a time, but they all go together. You must prepare your heart to receive the king. And then you must allow Christ, the Savior, to reign over and in your life. And again, it's directly related to the, the stanzas in this song. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks and hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Let me read to you Psalm 98, just a part of it at least, because it will help you to see how this song was based off the Psalm 98. Psalm 98 says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness. To the house of Israel, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break first in joy, joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and sound of horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the seas war and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. We must leave all of our earthly treasures behind. How can we truly allow the Savior to reign in our life if we're still depending on these other things to make us happy? You're never going to get the joy, the peace, the love. You're never going to get any of these things through worldly treasures. And Jesus tells us that in Matthew 19, 16 to 30, we need to be willing to leave these worldly treasures behind. We need to hold on to what is truly valuable. And what is truly valuable is Jesus. Hold on to what is valuable, Jesus. Salvation is possible, but you need Jesus. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we should have great joy in knowing that it does not end there. It goes on to say in Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you prepared your heart and allowed Christ the Savior to reign in your life? If you have not prepared your heart, if you have not allowed Christ to reign in your life, then today's the day. Let's truly celebrate the Messiah this Christmas with a new gift for you. A new gift for your loved ones. A gift of eternal life. A gift of real hope. Real joy. Real peace which nobody can take away. True love through Jesus. Give him your life. He'll help you. Think of the middle of the Bible. I find this so interesting that Psalm 118 verse 8 is in the middle of the Bible. And out of all the verses in the Bible that could be there, here's what we read. <clears throat> Psalm 118, verse 8 says this, It is better to make refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Think about how powerful that is. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Where do you want to put your safety? Where do you want to put your salvation in man? People who continually let us down? Or in God, the creator of the world, the one who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere. 
You know, there's another verse like it in Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. If you're writing that down, Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8, it says this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. Its leaves are always green and it never fails to bear fruit. Because the streams of God, they, they never dry out. They always continue to flow, and they always give us what we need. Another pastor says the following about this verse. Christian, would you rather be like a scrawny bush in a desert wasteland or a bountiful, fruitful tree beside the stream? The difference depends on where you put your trust, in yourself or in God. Let me read that once more. That's, that's a great quote. Christian, would you rather be like a scrawny bush in a desert wasteland, or a bountiful, fruitful tree beside a stream. The difference depends on where you put your trust. Is it in yourself or in God? Allow Christ to reign over your life. Allow Christ to give you life. Prepare your heart for him this Christmas and celebrate the Messiah. This leads me to point number three, because only through Christ do we have this hope, this love, this joy, this peace. Point number three is this. To have the joy Christ brings, you must stop allowing sins and sorrow to grow. Again, each one of these points goes along with the song, Joy to the World, because I want to equip you, as you're singing these songs in the world, proclaim to the world what these songs really mean. Let's focus on the meaning. Let's not just sing it. Joy to the world, the Lord. But let's really think about it. No more let sins and sorrows grow. No, nor thrones infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Stop allowing sins and sorrow to grow. Give it to God. Allow God to take your sins away. Allow God to take your sorrows away. And when those sins start creeping back in your life, those sorrows start creeping back in your life, and they will, remember to push them away. And remember to say, Satan... You can't have me because God already has me. And my salvation is secure in him. What else can we learn from Isaac Watts in this song? How about that final, that final line, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. You see, Isaac Watts knew that it's not easy to sing joy to the world in a broken world. It's not easy. He just acknowledged it three times in the song. And Isaac Watts struggled with his own illnesses, his own struggles, his own disease, to the point where he could not pastor any longer. He had to give it up. But yet this man still authored, I believe, over 600 hymns, which are still many sung today. Ephesians chapter 4 reads this. Let me read this, 17 to 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to, their, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. 
Are you struggling today? Are you feeling the curse of this world? Well, then remember that you are a new creation. That curse cannot hold on to you. Maybe you haven't prepared your heart yet. Maybe you haven't allowed Jesus to reign in your life. Maybe these sins and sorrows are still growing and growing and they're out of control. Then I urge you, give your life to Christ and allow the old life to pass away. Allow it to go away as we have this new life in Christ, which gives us the joy that you need, the hope that you need, the peace and the love. What are you plagued with this Christmas? Remember that we are new creations. We are not alone anymore. We have help, and in Christ, pain will no longer have the last word. Think of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner, our inner self is being renewed each day. Renewed day by day. Have joy and celebrate the Messiah. Put the old self to rest. Allow the old to die. And stop bringing the sorrows back to life. It's okay to remember memories. In fact, I've shared before, one of my favorite quotes is, History is a vast early warning system. We must remember the past so that we do not repeat it in the future. But we cannot allow it to control us. We can't allow these negative thoughts, these negative memories to control our future. We need to allow Jesus to control our future. Run to God and not away from him. And finally, the last part of the song that we're covering, and the final point is this. To have the joy that Christ brings, you must depend on the truth and grace of God. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Have joy for Jesus. Receive the king today. Prepare your heart. The truth and grace of God is that Jesus came down as a baby to give you life. This is truth. This is grace. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may have life. Romans 5, 8, God shows us his love in this, that yet while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ came for you, all of you. Have we gone to him and celebrated the Messiah as we should? Are we adoring him this Christmas? For Christmas this year, give yourself and others the best gift imaginable. The baby Jesus, the King, the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord of all creation. Unwrap the gift that will keep giving for all of eternity. Make a choice today. Make a choice now. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're struggling with, or if you're not struggling in anything, great. Praise the Lord and proclaim it like the shepherds. And tell the world of the joy that you have because of the baby Jesus coming for you. Give your heart to Christ. Allow him into your life to reign and rule. Follow after him. Ask forgiveness for your sins. For not depending on him and living as he desires you to. For not looking to him and his word. Stop your sins and sorrows from growing now. Give them over to Jesus to handle once and for all and depend on the truth and grace that only God can provide. He provided grace through Jesus. So where does this leave us now? It leaves us with a carol to live by. It leaves us with a sound of the season, but it leaves us with a carol to live by. A carol which we need to remember all throughout the year. Next year when this comes again, I ask that you remember 
joy to the world. The Lord is come. He's come in the past, but he's also going to come each and every single day in your life to save you. Savior, and he will come again to rule over his kingdom. Have joy. Celebrate the Messiah. Worship the king and tell the world. Accept the tidings of comfort and joy and sing joy to the world for all to hear that Christ has come and he will reign forever. May we joyfully lift up the name of Jesus. This Christmas, I want us to invest our lives into Christ. Not just the gifts under the Christmas tree, but the gifts that God gives you. Invest your life. Joy to the world. Celebrate the Messiah. Proclaim it for all to hear, just as the shepherds allowed the word to go to the nations. Worship the king first. Worship the king. Glorify him. But before we leave, I have one more thing to tell you to do this Christmas. And I want to stress this point again. Because really, I've told it to you over and over again. Give your life Give your life to Christ. And if you're sitting there in these pews and you're thinking, why does he keep telling you us this? I've already accepted Christ. That's why I'm here. Well, then praise God. But don't be upset at me for saying it again because somebody in this room needs to hear it. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Christ. Remember that the reason for the season is Jesus. And the, the reason he is the reason is you. This is a tongue twister, but let me say that again. Remember, the reason for the season is Jesus. And the reason he is the reason is you. You needed Jesus. You needed a way back to God, and God provided. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants you to have this joy. So may we have joy this year. May we sing joy to the world for all to hear in a different light. As we know that it's because of these types of scriptures we have life. I'm going to pray now, and I just feel God leading me. I'm going to pray in a way which I want you to follow after me. And if you've never prayed for God to forgive you of your sins, and let me clarify, it's not really even about the prayer. It's about what you believe. But the prayer helps us to solidify it. It makes it easier for us. I want you to pray the same words with me. Now, I'm not asking you to say it out loud. I'm not asking you to come up front, although you're always welcome to come up front here. You're always welcome to speak to me, the deacons, or anybody. I want you to pray after me. Don't let another day go by without knowing the joy that Christ brings to your life. And then come Tuesday night at 5 p.m. for the Christmas Eve service, the candlelight service, as we focus on that sinner candle, Christ. Please bow your heads. Father God, we thank you today. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to be born as a baby, to grow up in a perfect life, never sinning against you so that he could die as the perfect sacrificial lamb that we needed. Lord, your son Jesus raised on the third day and he was victorious over death, he was victorious over our sin, and it's because of him we can have life. May we profess with our mouths that Jesus, you are Savior over our life. Lord, thank you for forgiving us of our sins and thank you for giving us new hope and a true peace, a true love, a true joy. May we sing joy to the world for all to hear this season, this Christmas. And may we proclaim to the world that we have a Savior, and our Savior loves us. May we glorify you with all that we do now. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.